Hey everybody and welcome to Journey Through Grill Islands. I'm your host Sig, being joined by Barry, Sarah, Emma. First of all, we apologise if there's any background noise or in the middle of a storm here, Storm Kira, but that won't stop us. God, no. No storm can hold us down. So today we'll be talking about Reason for the Season, uh, which took place on July 10th, 2004, and took place in a new venue, the Hollywood Los Feliz Jewish Community Centre. Just straight off the bat, has anyone noticed a rowdy crowd are back? Yes. Like, it's like they weren't allowed into the Elks Lodge, that they were turned away at the door. But now they're welcome in this community centre. It was also attended by 300 people, apparently. So that does seem like there are more there. So maybe that is the rowdy crowd. Yeah, they were let in. <laughs> they were pro- I genuinely think they were turned away at the door of the Elks Lodge. We're like, we can't have your folk here. Go away. And Hardcore Kid isn't on this show... And he claimed that he was the connect for the Elks Lodge. Mm. He's not here. They're gone. The riffraff are back. Oh, the politics behind that curtain. This is kind of more recognisable to me as a trademark PWG venue. I think they're here for a decent while. And I think this is one of their mainstays for the uh, American Legion post. They would make properly famous for years to come. And I think it's a big upgrade over the old... uh, which I think we'll look back on fondly because of how weird those early shows are but I, I like this venue a lot more I think there was a sign about Tupac on the wall so big fan big fan uh, so we'll jump straight into it with our opening contest which is an 8 man tag uh, Scorpio Sky and Quicksilver teaming with the debuting Los Rojos Locos against Disco Machine, Top Gun Tower, Charles Mercury and Chris Bosch, Sexual Tension. I'll just out myself straight away as a buffoon. The commentary were making it really obvious that we should know who the Rojos Locos are. I did not know who they were supposed to be under the masks. Think are about you? it. The banners are the only things that I could think of. Well, that's who it is. Not. But they have, such a, they have such an undistinct style that they, they were like, oh, yeah, I, I, that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like, oh, we recognize those moves. I was like, do we? I was like, why are they in here with the comedy guys? But fair enough, yeah. A year of your life wasted. And I would have, and I would have for some reason, they looked, I was like, the banners aren't that small. Are they? Because they look yes, really small. They are. God, they really are bad. I just think Emma hated them so much. Oh, yeah. And Reeves of those about how the Rojos Locos suck. And Emma also did warn us that, that the ballads would be bad. Okay. This match saw the return of Oh yeah. Scorpio Eo. Yeah. And from there on out, I was like, this night is going to be a good night. Into it. It is also PWG's first anniversary. That's it, yeah. <laughs> um, Ariel Express and Los Rojos Locos are also accompanied by Dino Winwood. And on commentary, they explain that Dino was down in Mexico in a den of ill repute mm-hmm. where he found the Locos. And that's how he brought them to PWG. Uh, Dino, bring them back. <laughs> Please. Yeah, they were terrible, especially the first guy. The minute he started wrestling, I, like, I don't even know which ballard is which, but especially when they're masked. So we'll just, he's lost Rojo uh, Uno. Um, he's absolutely terrible and so wooden. And then to have someone like Charles Mercury come in and out Lucha, these <laughs> two Lucha brothers, it was just, it was like, but it wasn't even funny that they were bad. It was pathetic. I don't think anyone in the crowd 
goddess either. Yeah. Like who they were meant to be. Yeah. I don't know if this was like a first time thing or if they had been kind of doing that gig for a while, like the fake lucha thing. I have a question. How did we feel about the green in Scorpio Sky's gear? I didn't like the green. I really liked it. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was okay, yeah. I liked yeah. it. Really, I just... Associate with the yellow. I don't like change. <laughs> Did like the purple on Chris Bosch's gear though. Loved it's it. It's horrible gear, but the mm. purple is the nicest one. Um, and the earring that he was rocking as well. Has he been rocking that all along? Or yeah. Has he? Wow, it was very, very sparkly this evening. <laughs> to match his gear. He was, yeah, he was. He, we've talked a lot about when does he become actual Chris Bosch that we kind of really felt like it was him in this match, including the first, I think the lion first, cock. the lion cock spot, which would become a, a staple. Uh, didn't have a name yet, I guess, um, but that was, uh, that was a, a big pop for me. I think because we're used to the Elks Lodge where everything is lit. Yeah. And this was quite different and it's actually quite dark. It's quite the opposite. So maybe you just had the spotlight on mm. the sparkle. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Shine bright in my eyes. <laughs> on the big stage. I thought it was a fun opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very fun. Very, very fun. And like you said last time, it's, this is a staple of the, the shows now. It's, it's a good way to get the crowds involved. It's just a lot of back and forth, flips, comedy. They had their rowboat spot, all the legs, which is a classic of the era. Oh, and they all did the Sasuke airplane. Yeah. I love that they are, like, obviously Osaka pro nerds. Like, <laughs> this is a couple of... Yeah. Oh, they seem to have an homage, a show, to something Osaka pro. So the Rojos Locos get the win with a double burning hammer? Yeah, I guess. Which, again, I suppose we probably have seen the Ballards do that move, but I cannot remember... Um, it just, just goes to show what their lasting imprint has been on, on me. They seemed, when when they were the um, Ballards, they got a lot of banana peel wins. Mm. So I don't know if they ever actually hit their finish or if it was always <laughs> roll-ups through infighting. Yeah. So our next match is Puma against the returning Brad Bradley. Brad Bradley, who had a great showing last time, according to Excalibur on commentary. <laughs> I liked it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, well, he looked like <laughs> shit here. Uh, he So his promo pick, or the pick that came up with the graphic, graphics, again, quite good yeah. this yeah. time. Like, we're getting moving graphics. It's all great. So, yeah, the graphic where when they're announcing the match card, he looks like a piece of shit yeah he really does look like what was it the Aiden O'Shea character he played or he does yeah, in TNA, TNA later yeah. like he just looked like an Irish American fucking yeah. like knacker <laughs> um, but then <laughs> in real life like in real life when he came out he looked great yeah he was oh, in great shape no. he, well he, he, in, he was in great shape well yeah but his gear sucked gear sucked but I think very much of the time yeah yeah maybe I just don't like the time <laughs> yeah on, on, on that graphic I thought he looked like a school bully from like an American family yes. film in like the 80s yes. I, I was like, cause like we were big on him the last I was like oh good Brad Bradley's back and then I was like well, who is that in that picture and why is he st- stuff Puma in a locker or something <laughs> that would be great that would have been great but we do find out that he eats 200 or 20 pounds of meat for breakfast <laughs> King. Yeah, which, you know, he looks it. LA Dojo diet, I love it. 
Well, uh, we have Puma trying to get the mud up on him, attacking him during the entrances, yeah. which looked comical, to be honest. It's, yeah. it's like a little boy, and it looked like the strikes did nothing. And it backfired, which is the best part. Bradley just threw him away. Yeah. Hey, I also had little boy playing with his older cousin, played by his <laughs> cousin. It's not great. Halfway through the match, uh, Samoa Joe and Ricky Reyes come out, come out to watch Puma, and not really distract Brad Bradley and he sort of had to pretend they were it was so awkward he clearly can't think on the fly which is why he had a good match with Brian Danielson and yeah. can't with anyone else I felt like I sneezed though and this match was over it was fairly quick it was really yeah and it was kind of pointless but I think it is setting up this weird LA dojo cult thing which I don't remember being such a big part of early PWG probably because I just ignored it but like Reyes is this weird cult leader who everyone is kind of scared of but also idolises it's all I know is weird. Joe looks cool and camouflaged yes. I yeah. love that yeah, tank top I yeah. you would <laughs> I, I have written in my notes um, Joe sporting a sweet camo vest <laughs> Yeah, that's all your likes tied into one yeah, thing. Very happy. And there was a Rampage Jackson reference <laughs> on commentary. I was living. Um, so yeah, this was, match was about like seven minutes long or something. I kind of liked it for that. Yeah. Though, yeah. And they did have a good... Uh, what Bradley was working over the back and Puma was working over the arm and I thought it was I thought when they actually when they stopped trying to have Puma jump in like a badass mm. when the actual wrestling started I actually thought it was okay and did not stay its welcome I'm like, yeah I like, I like Brad Bradley it also adds to the fact that like didn't Puma lose in the last show yes why did he lose have him go on this tear mm. yeah and, like this win against Brad Bradley like a bigger guy would have been like oh he's on a run now and would have yeah, yeah. I well, don't know see he wins this one because Reyes hangs Bradley up on the ropes and then Puma gets him in like the submission so they could be doing a thing where he can't win without them Mm. I would hope so that's what I'm wondering like what are they setting Puma up for because I thought they were building him up and he was moving up the card and he was you know getting like he was having good matches and now he's just become like the little child of the LA Dojo that they're trying to mould into this troublemaker Mm. and I don't really know, but it's a story, I guess. Yeah. I did like the submission he played. It was like a cattle mutilation arm breaker. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Reyes taught, taught me this in the dojo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they had some uh, extremely licence-free music in between these matches. I loved this. Um, I don't have a whole lot of... No, it seemed like they were just calling the matches yeah. for an awful lot of this, which... When, when they do an extension you realise at least back then I think it's kind of obviously very good now he was just kind of saying moves for most yeah. of the show it wasn't great I didn't think and he'd have a few bits where he was trying to you know make up his wild fan- fantasy backstories and stuff to the matches but yeah I because th- we talked about it last time they've really started pushing the commentary now this was almost too play-by-play mm. because the two of them were doing play-by-play and which is funny because on the last show they were talking about they got a complaint that yeah. they were doing too much play by play so in Defiance which is completely in line with what I think they'd be like yeah. they're doing more of us just to annoy people well it worked <laughs> the next match returning from his um, tour of Japan Rocky Romero against AJ Styles I can't believe this is third on the card yeah like I, I would have had this up in the Top three. Yeah, sorry, I forgot how to speak. 
Carry on. <laughs> um, it was nice to have Rocky in a singles match. At this point, I was like, great, Reyes is off doing the LA Dojo thing. Rocky's back and he gets to show off in singles. And what better way to do it against AJ Styles? I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Great match. I loved it. I thought it was I great it. Match. And they were a great match for each other. The kick exchange was just so fantastic. Good. So good. The sound from those kicks and the height that they were getting, it was one of the best kick exchanges I think we've seen. I loved it. Yeah, I think this is one of the first times I actually punched the air watching the match. <laughs> it was just, yeah, I think it was... Rocky's last kick to the chest where he knocks AJ down and just like oh my god this is brilliant <laughs> this is kind of now like this is the first match where I've gone this is what we're going to be getting more of in years to come <laughs> like there's no story between these two guys it's just two of the you would consider two of the top names in independent wrestling just facing off now the finish I know sorry I don't mean to skip forward but it was the finish was a bit lackluster it was. It was an anti-climax. Um, as you were building up, and it was like AJ Gotham and Patrick Hernandez. It looked like you counted three. The crowd thought you counted three, but it was actually two. And then they did like a really short sequence, and then it was over. Yeah, they probably should have just left it as the finish, mm. seeing as AJ won anyway. Yeah, exactly. So in commentary, Excalibur and Disco kept shouting, get her done! Um, like Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, Great. Um, because AJ is, of course, a redneck. <laughs> and they were talking about how they all wanted to go see Fahrenheit 9-11, because of course they did. Of course Excalibur and all are into Michael Moore and all that shite. And AJ was like, I want to see white chicks. <laughs> so Excalibur on commentary was... Imagining AJ at this present moment was sitting there laughing at the Wayans Brothers classic white chicks. <laughs> to be fair, a cult classic though. So, not wrong. <laughs> yeah, no one cares about Fire 9-11. Michael Moore, who is he? It's all about... Was it t- Terry Crews in? Yeah. yeah. Well, I've never a, seen white chicks, sorry. Well, Terry Crews is in hot water now, but that's oh, yeah. for Is he? Yeah, for all the stuff about America's Got Talent, with Gabrielle Union basically like getting fired, and then like people saying, "Oh, like it's kind of racist," and he's like, "Dude, no, this show's great." <laughs> he's what? defending he's America's Got Talent, and then he came out and said, "The only woman I will ever defend is my wife. She's the only woman I should defend." And I'm like, Jesus. Right, Borat. Jesus. <laughs> I've seen Terry Crews in my life. <laughs> wow, I, I was not aware of any of that. No. Yeah, an idiot. Ooh, wrestling. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, volume one of Terry Crews' cancellations. <laughs> Pass me a candle there, mate. A candle? A candle. I don't know. I don't know where I have people read. I've never read. How do people read? Let me, let me light this candle for you. They're very. Can I get that on the Chromecast? <coughs> Audio books. Yeah, back to yeah. Great flying knees by Rocky. <laughs> I don't actually have a final point. <laughs> Some great clotheslines in the corner until AJ stopped him. He's been doing those clotheslines in the corner forever. Oh. I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just really like seeing the two of them working together, especially AJ, the way AJ leaned in, into everything. Like he, he didn't play it heelish, but 
he did put a little bit extra spice on everything he sort of already came off like the salty veteran even though he himself was only a couple of years in but he's just always been great and he's always even in 2003 and 4 he always commanded respect as a great worker it was weird but he just he always felt like the, the guy and he won this by Discus Larius to a standing ovation for both men deserved our next match <laughs> is a number one contendership match. <laughs> a triple threat elimination. Baby Slim, of course, um, against Excalibur and classic Colt Cavana. Baby Slim is being accompanied by Urban Vanderpile. <laughs> I liked the wind. I liked the baby blue on Baby Slim. Yeah. Didn't like Cabana's gear. Very plain. Excalibur looking Savelta's eyes. <laughs> I thought it was a bit weird for him to be wearing blue. Yeah, he's usually Crip Red. Yeah. Or Blood Red. He's yeah. blood he did red. a Crip Walk in this match as well. He did yeah. like a little road dog shake, rat and roll, but with a Crip Walk instead of a shake, rat and roll. I thought there was more of an MVP ball and elbow. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you know, different opinions. Maybe it depends on where he is in... California. Yeah. So, yes, if he's in Hollywood, it's... But he flip-flopped in the previous place. That one venue, he's worn blue yeah. there as well. I'm I questioning don't like the stands yeah. allegiances. I don't like it. Also, CEO of Keep It At Gangsta. He's, he's like full-time mammy on Facebook. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, or full-time mad bastard. <laughs> so many of them on Tinder. <laughs> From the school of hard knocks. Oh, fluent in sarcasm. <laughs> Now I would love to see someone on Tinder of keeping it gangster. To, to, to be fair, to be fair, he probably makes those t-shirts himself. Yes. So he is a CEO keeping it gangster. True. And the CFO. And the COO. Oh. Businessman. I respect. Do you not think Vanderpoel got a title? He was the EVP. Oh. oh. <laughs> No, I'd love to see Cabana's Tinder profile. Oh, God. He would be fluent in sarcasm. Oh, he's shaking sure. hands with some people in there. Did, well, yeah, what do you think his pictures would be? Yeah, he's deleted all the punk ones anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you sent them like European wrestlers, he'll have a screen cap of when he was on SmackDown in 2008. <laughs> still on there. Oh, and the, when he was in the little box. Or when he had, <laughs> yeah, when he he had, had a little show. Box. What was his little show? Scotty Goldman Keep it show. Real? Yeah. Oh, I, I love Scotty Goldman show. No, there was a name. Um, oh, it, yeah, it had some stupid names. They all, they all had names. Yeah, yeah. it was like dirt, the, like the dirt, the dirt chiefs, the John Cena experience. Oh, his Ring of Honor one was good times, great memories. Which yeah. I used as my caption for so many pictures. Still do. Shit, Scotty Goldman show. Sorry, continue. Well, there's no point. No, he's going to shout over us. What's cracking? What's, What's cracking with Scotty Goldman? Oh, that was great. And he was in like a bedroom, and then like there was like a ladder, and I had like ooh noises every time they transition and didn't they keep that up then with him and that terrible comedian they did five dollars wrestling with marty, marty de rosa. rosa yeah they had another online series creative has nothing for it yes. yes yeah yeah terrible and then the promo one they had a promo oh, school the world's worst yeah. promo world's worst whatever. Promo, oh yeah. man it gave us freight train five dollars oh, so, the, yeah. the, the nascent days of like late 2000s internet wrestling yeah. contents yeah. was just so oh I watched every single one because it was all we had yeah. <laughs> because Cabana was the gateway into independent wrestling for so guy. many people yeah. did anyone pick up Excalibur on commentary trying to explain his infamous promo 
Yeah, when he was like, um, oh, what did he say instead? Surprise gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Baby Slim came up to him afterwards. What did he say? Surprise yourself, gentleman, or something? I don't know. Yeah, so um, Baby Slim like picks him up and pancakes him, essentially, and then says, surprise yourself gentleman but he didn't say gentleman <laughs> and neither did Excalibur yeah, I think Excalibur brings up his promo where I say surprise gentleman and <laughs> Baby Slim is getting some comeuppance so you know karma I hate when you have to tag in on a three way I cannot remember the last time I had seen I had to see oh, this like to have a three way and to have two people in the ring and one guy just on the corner what's the point it's stupid so so stupid. and then it goes then you always have the slap on the back and the surprise yeah. the slow turn how dare you sir but I, I like what's I, the point why would you tag someone in more to save yourself like more than a four way in a three way it makes no, no sense, sense to ever tag I'm it. trying to remember because obviously it's somewhat common in three way tags I can't remember if I've ever seen a three way singles match where one person has stood on the outside waiting for that. I don't think I've ever seen this four minute tag of a, a three way before uh, completely ridiculous um, yeah and not much to say really about the match although Colt was bantering with some fan and mm. rowdy fans um, and I for some reason was highly abused one of them had a hideous uh, very red big evil shirt from sort of 2002 Undertaker which I appreciated and that was about my, my peak of the match I think I did sort of like the story of the match at the start where it was just the two of them beating the shit out of Excalibur yeah um, tags also stopped battering at a certain point yeah. which is which uh, they always do yeah. and that's why I hate it if you're gonna have rules stick to the fucking rules sorry yeah. I don't know why I'm getting so mad about this well Excalibur got eliminated first anyway and then we just had the back and forth between rivals Cabana and Slim nothing really to write home about some interaction between um, Cabana and Vanderpile on the outside yeah Cabana wins this in the end powerbomb Slim and puts his feet on the ropes see I actually didn't actually realise it was elimination when Excalibur got eliminated and I was like not again no <laughs> and I was like oh no it's fine yeah I'm happy with Cabana as number one contender something different yeah something new at last so our next match is a tag team champion grudge match as Scott Lost takes on Joey Ryan. What did we make of Joey Ryan's gear? Uh. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, Joey Ryan comes dressed as Robin. Why would you dress up as a sidekick? In a feud match with your partner with your partner so you're making yourself the little pussy fucking <laughs> sidekick what and he was so proud of it and he shit Robin gear even had a mask he, a mask did he have a cape no no he should have had a cape maybe he did during the entrance yeah true Yeah, like, it, was, it was shit it was just hideous cheap looking pound shop yeah. costume like oh my god like no way I don't think no way he got this professionally made and like the bottom half of and costume. Scott Loss was in his own gear so he wasn't in X Division gear he was in Scott Loss gear and like that was good this is Scott Loss showing us I'm Scott Loss I'm not the X or X Foundation and fucking little Robin comes out <laughs> Like and the worst Robin, who was the Robin Batman um, and Robin Chris O'Donnell? <laughs> yeah, his circus outfit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have written 
what the fuck is Joey wearing? Like, what the fuck are you, you absolute mutant? <laughs> and then I have Scott looks great, iconic gear, legend. Yeah. I stand. Because that's Scott's iconic gear. Was he trying to take a shot at Scott Lost's love for Superman? But then but he'd be it, Batman, surely. It makes no sense to be Robin. I, yeah, I was trying to think in his head, because he, he does strike me as like this kind of pretentious guy who'd love to say something with his gear. But I'm like, how how did you land on Robin? Of all the characters you could have possibly... Like, you could have gone for Lex Luthor or something. I don't know. And like You could probably do up a list and Robin would be near the bottom of people to try yeah. and take a shot at, at Scott Lost. Very, very weird. Well, I'm just happy it exposed Joey Ryan for the loser that he is <laughs> wearing black gear. It's a great match. Um, I loved the little ruse Scott did with his knee, selling the knee, the classic trope of calling the referee over. Mm. Joey wasn't buying it, but um, still got away with it in the end, Scott, with his knee. We found out that uh, Disco and Excalibur drink Coke and Diet Pepsi, respectively. And they're joined in the booth by Jado. I did put Jado running and then in brackets on commentary so I wouldn't confuse myself <laughs> <laughs> during the match. That would have been quite the twist. Coming in with a little bandana and a kendo stick. That'd be great. Um, How do we feel, Emma, that the cat is called Jado? After the, the wrestler, Jado. That's fine. Okay. He, he was forced to clean up the sprite because there was spilled. a spill and the cat had to go up and clean it up <laughs> it was not Diet Pepsi no he said sprite oh, there was a lot of soft drinks there they were having a party where's Billy Kim he why, couldn't he couldn't dare to see his why, parents fight why wouldn't they put him on a pole <laughs> he's, he's not Billy Kim yeah. anymore mom it's Tommy Williams <laughs> A shooter, Tommy Williams. Yeah. Sorry. In, in, in kayfabe, uh, Funky Billy Kim is one of the, the Graysons that died in that circus accident that created Robin. So. Oh, he funked his last funk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this the actual match was quite good. Very good. Um, they did a lot of the old partners who know each other thing, so lots of playing off each other's trademark spots. I think Scott Loss went for like the Superman spear like three times. I don't think he hit it any times. Joey got the knees up, he dodged it. Um, so lots of cool little things like that. He did hit it when Joey Ryan was in the Tree of Woe. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And this is actually one of my favourite stories of a match when tag partners wrestle each other and they know each other's moves and neither can get the upper hand. I've, I've always loved those matches. Like One of my favourite matches in Smackdown history is like a really old Paul London Brian Kendrick match where neither of them hit each other with a strike it was like a beat the clock match so they had to face each other it's like just eight minutes of the two of them grappling back and forth it's great they also kind of escalated pretty well as well because it started out kind of fairly civil and they were grappling and then by the end they're like going all out and Scott did that like swanton off the apron and stuff like that so they were really they kind of really got at each other as it went on I, I really like that yeah definitely like it didn't feel I feel like sometimes in these matches you have the case of you don't really feel like there's heat or tension between them but this you could feel it building throughout which was absolutely perfect like imagine your friend turning their back on you walking out like that you want to feel something from it and they definitely gave the emotion for sure and I didn't mind that they didn't like do hockey punches at the start because the point was who was the better wrestler Yeah. so they were trying to one up each other 
like even though Scott Lost has attacked Joey Ryan Joey Ryan didn't want to attack him and he didn't want this so Scott Lost is trying to wrestle him to prove something to him as well uh, Robin doesn't get the win as he gets tapped out by Superman who hits a spear floats over then floats back over and applies the the sharpshooter sits out and Joey Ryan taps I feel like the double float over was just to show off and mock Joey Ryan hell yeah <laughs> technical I, wizard my ass <laughs> I thought the sh- I think Scott Lost was one of the best sharpshooters he proper mm. leaned into that one yeah. loved it yeah. nasty looking we, we bigged up Scott a lot on this show this made my favourite match of his proper great showcase got plenty of time as well I thought yeah. which, which I really appreciated it was 19 minutes yeah so good lengthy proper uh, singles match a bit surprised he won I, I I didn't know who won going into this I I guess I kind of assumed Joey would just because he seemed like one of their guys but pleasantly surprised yeah I was surprised with the finish I didn't expect him to tap out but I thought it was great mm. yeah, because I, he... I wasn't expecting it I really thought he was going to get out of it again I thought there was going to be something I thought there was going to be a screwy finish I thought he might have passed out yeah giving him the stone cold I thought there was going to be a screwy finish because of other things that will happen <laughs> so our next match is a, a dream match of the time mm. you'd have to think Super Dragon against CM Punk well that are Dragon and Punk fans duke it out here <laughs> uh, Emma what did you think of the match all of it yeah I'm going to give you everything no just what did you think of it overall oh, I, I was really, really curious as to what you thought of I it. really liked it yeah I loved it I loved it except for the finish Really? I thought the finish was, again, a bit of a... I didn't like the way it finished. Oh, I love the finish. Yeah. I like the finish a lot. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, go, we'll come back to the rest. We'll start with the finish then. It comes down to three minutes remaining. Mm. And on commentary, they made sure that you knew that Punk had the hour-long draw with Joe and the hour-and-a-half-long match with uh, Hero, which I didn't know were back-to-back. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. So you had it in your head, it was a 30 minute time limit, so you had it in your head, oh, this is definitely going to be a draw. So Punk hits one Shining Wizard, he rolls the knee pad down to hit another, but Dragon counters, hits him with a supernatural driver and pins him with two and a half minutes left. I know I love the fake out, draw, finish. I just, I didn't expect it to end like that, so I don't know, I just, I was... I was not ready for it to end. Yeah. And I'm, but I am glad it ended and didn't go to draw because that would have been shit. But you really didn't know who was going to win, and I love that. They're a really good match for each other because Super Dragon was vulnerable. Yeah. For the first time. They they do mention when Dragon does the violence party early on in the match. They're like, oh my god, like Dragon doesn't do it that yeah. early. So it goes to show that he needed to be on the offensive from the get-go against Punk. They're fucking laying it into each other at the start. Yeah. Like, like I felt like, oh Jesus, they must fucking hate each other. <laughs> proper. I think they do. Yeah, proper forearms. Like. And there was no commentary for the first like minute. Now, unfortunately... We did get to hear Super Dragon speak. That's, I was going to ask, yeah. His little nerdlinger voice. Yes. Yeah, like... I wouldn't say nerdlinger. I think he sounds... Oh, no, I'm not going to say this. Do it. (laughs) He sounds like, I think... Like a California white boy who thinks he's gangster. 
Which is what he is. Which is what he is. Same but he is gangster. <laughs> when he dons the mask. And he also is a black man. Yeah. So it's okay. Um, yeah, so hearing him talk, it really does the mystique kind of goes and I was surprised they didn't commentate after that yeah. like or over it um, because the mic wouldn't usually pick him up yeah it was the first time I've ever heard yeah. I think I'd ask you is Super Dragon like mixed race or is he just a white boy and you told me he's just a white boy and then I heard his voice and I thought he is just a white boy he is he's like yeah no come on yeah come on get up here if you're so tough okay he didn't say that <laughs> Joe Pesci how dare you you think I'm a dragon how I'm a dragon how I mean I know you're like you're really bad at impressions, impressions that but true. that was that was offensive. I wish you didn't get Osprey instead. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> get off here, mate. Well, that's really funny, but get off here. <laughs> Do it. No. <laughs> I love the little um, boot, boot scrapes exchange. Mm. Punk tried to do his, and Dragon just. Like, did the coolest. He just did a forward roll out. I just got up, but he looked so badass doing it. Um, then he got Punk in the corner and did it to him. I loved the spot where Punk was getting him in the surfboard or curb stop position. And then he just mocks him by, like, pretending to surf on his back. And then, like, a few minutes later, Super Dragon curb stomps the shit out of <laughs> Punk, like, three times. And into a turnbuckle for the oh. third. That was just incredible. So good, but yeah, the punk taking the curb stomp and doing it and mocking Dragon. No one has had the balls to do that properly and to make you believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it was just like, like this was proper heel punk, and the crowd fucking hated him, and it was amazing. Like there wasn't a split. You'd think that with punk there would be a split, but no. This is California. This is Hollywood. This is Super Dragon's town. But Punk from the off, when the cameraman was on the ring, he's like, get the fuck off my fucking ring. Yeah. Like, establishing from the get-go, like, I'm a fucking heel. <laughs> That's Punk as well, though. <laughs> he's a dickhead. Also, the works. cameramen in yeah. PWG are always in the wrong spot on the ring, so... <laughs> it was just brilliant, so... Dragon would go for the violence, and Punk would out-wrestle him, and on commentary to be saying how... Uh, Dragon was nearly intimidated by Punk's wrestling and he hated that he wasn't held in the same regard so he wanted to take him on toe to toe but he couldn't so he had to go back to the violence and anytime Punk would try to match him with violence he'd get the shit knocked out of him it was just really clever and the first time we've seen a proper Punk match in PWG and I'm also surprised that I'd never heard of this match before how do you not? I assumed they were building one when he first came in they teased yeah. it in that tag but I didn't think one ever actually happened I'm surprised it's not held in higher regard it's on that first best of they put out which I had actually seen it for but that sold out years and years and years at this stage so um, yeah I think if it was more readily available it might be one of those ones that's a bit more notorious we're definitely on a roll here on this show at this point like we've had three really solid to good great matches yeah bar the three the contender number one contender match like you, we do have a run of good matches and the time flew by that did not feel like 30 minutes no. No. at all how good were Dragon's 2.99 arms up like they weren't even kick outs yeah. he'd just throw his arm up and I bought each and every one of them I think there was three of them and I bought them all there's very very few people in wrestling who can actually do that to make you believe like there's the Okadas, Omegas of this world 
and I'll include Jay White in that because he's also <laughs> very good at them. Um, there's very few that can actually do that, and Super Dragon definitely is one. Um, Punk never hit the Pepsi plunge. I don't think he has in PWG yet. They teased no. it a lot, but he never hit it. So Dragon won in the end by dodging a Shining Wizard and then hitting a Supernatural Driver for the pin. Our next match then is a tag team grudge match. American Dragon and Christopher Daniels against Samoa Joe and Ricky Reyes. Uh, straight from the off, I have a really big gripe of commentary exposing Christopher Daniels as Curry Man. Like, it, it gets to me. Because <laughs> Christopher Daniels didn't hold the junior titles with American Dragon. It's Curry Man. It annoys me. That's all. Okay, yeah. No, fair, fair. It's fair. I don't have anything to say about this match I liked it it was just a very basic yeah. tag match yeah. yeah Joe just killed them yeah. with chops especially Dragon he chopped them up Joe was on the, the war path for like for entire <laughs> he chopped them up um I feel like every Joe match now, it's just like he's just. Well, you realize we are watching peak Joe. Like he's just on the warpath. Like he, he he went flying out of the ring at one point with like the flying elbow, and then he was just kicking the shit out of the Dragon on the outside. Yeah, getting some nasty shoot headbutts over the the barricade as well when Dragon was in the crowd. I liked how defiant Danielson was with everything. Like he took the beating, but he kept saying like, "Bring it on." I thought it was a good dynamic. I thought uh, Daniels' hot tag was very good. Great, yeah, great hot tag. Um, before the hot tag, I did like uh, Tanahashi-esque Dragon did a Desperation Dragon screw, which I loved, which I really, really loved after being worked over for what felt like half the match. Essentially, they cut off Brian for two-thirds of it. Daniels came in. The babyface has got the upper hand. American Dragon pins Ricky Reyes with a bridging roll-up. And then there little child boy Puma comes out <laughs> you could tell that this match was literally there to progress this story it was never meant to be this amazing semi-main and then we have Rocky Romero our 10th time seeing this angle yeah I was so happy when Rocky came out I was like yes Rocky <laughs> you're saving the day you know, you bought cookies for quants. You know, you're saving the world. And then the little prick, what does he do? Joins the Dojo Boys. With a fantastic kick. Yeah. Really good kick. Yes, it was very good, but... Or the Dangerous Players, mm-hmm. as Excalibur called them. I'd never heard of them. They're back in PWG. I don't know if they were prominent elsewhere, but... I'm trying to think, where else could you be... That, that group of lads be prominent in this time. There wasn't New Japan LA shows back then, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, it's more, like, I could see down the line the Ivana Pitbulls and Samoa Joe being aligned. Yeah. But how Puma got involved, unless he and, does mean just those three. And under that name as well, it's like, like I'm trying to think, is it like a Jersey All Pro thing? Like, who, who was big at the time that would be booking those lads? That's not a bad shout, actually. Yeah. Or IWA Mid-South or something. Yeah, that's yeah. another one as well, yeah. I keep trying to Google them and people just keep giving me five most dangerous WWE <laughs> superstars yeah. in the men's division right now. <laughs> it's like, no. Anyway, they were, they're not so dangerous because they were run off by Beefy Bradley himself. A real a man. A real man. He sent, he sent Rocky packing. 
Alright. Of course, are you wearing like an Anoki dojo shirt? See that? Yeah, yeah. Who was? Uh, Bradley. Bradley. Was he? No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Anokiism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I, when I think of Anokiism, there's one name that comes to mind Aiden O'Shea. What do we think Rocky brought everyone back from Japan? He definitely brought gifts. Matcha tea. Kit Kats. <laughs> That's for sure. Little keychains. Yeah. From from New Japan, he went into the little shop. Definitely something special for Reyes. I feel like maybe um, matching keychains for the two of them, like that. best friends. Yeah, or just like partner in crime. Yeah. Necklaces. Yeah. Broken heart each. Yeah. yeah. Like then a bigger box of chocolates for the dressing room. Classic airport. Oh, didn't buy anything for the boys. Oh, but Rocky do that. I feel I he's think, too thoughtful. No, because he'd get individual gifts for his good friends. But then for like everyone else, you know, like he's hardly buying the Toblerons. Butter Brothers, you yeah. know, something special. <laughs> no, him giving the Rojos a Toblerone. <laughs> like, sorry, we've never met, but... Uh, <laughs> I feel bad, you guys. Um, you know, I gave Bobby Kwanzaa... New Air Supply yeah. CD. <laughs> yeah. Oh, got, got him a new radio. Oh, oh he's such a sweetheart. Oh, dear. So now we're on to our main event, which is... Give me a second... A loser leaves PWG PWG World Championship cage match between Adam Pearce and the future Frankie Kazarian. Woo! <laughs> Dying to see these guys, what they can do in the ring <laughs> together. This is certainly been a build up. Well, they made you wait because Adam Pearce would not get into the cage. Yeah, I kind of like that actually. <laughs> and some guy at the at ringside said, Hey, your belt's upside down. And Adam Pierce goes, it's always upside down. That's my gimmick. Have <laughs> any of you noticed, noticed that? Never, never noticed. <laughs> now, is that true or was that a cover, I wonder? Probably a cover, I'd say. It this? sounds like it could be true because he loved gimmicks and he loved making things his gimmick. Oh. Do you remember when Dolph Ziggler would wear belts backwards? I always hated yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to really like the whole thing of brawling around the cage before you get in, but now I have seen it maybe 50 times. Um... Especially on the indies. How rickety was this cage? Oh. It was absolutely terrifying looking. <laughs> the the California young boys literally having to hold it in place and push it back into place after every single spot where someone got thrown into it. We've seen that yeah. on our own shores. <laughs> but I feel like it's at least... Like, I'm ter- like That one cage match I saw it was terrifying because I did think it was going to come. But this this one was no. It was really moving and really separating from the ring and all those... Um, what are those... Ties, the plastic ties. Oh my god! I'm glad they didn't do any climbing or dueling on top of it because that would have been that would have been the end of someone for sure. So before they get in the ring, they actually brawl like outside the venue. Um, When they came back, they got a welcome back chance, which I thought was pretty cute. There was no lights outside, so we couldn't see them brawling in the car park. (laughs) Somewhere along the way, cars got busted open out there. Yeah, pretty badly too. So we could hear them fighting, we could hear the scuffle, but it was just dark. Um, and when they did come back, uh, we got immediate run-ins. And then the commentary tried to put over that the cage was doing its job because Colt and Baby Slim couldn't get in, even though they did get involved <laughs> in the match and passed in handcuffs. But they were trying to say, oh, but now they, they couldn't get in the actual ring, so the cage is doing its job. It's like, oh, God, a reach. Sometimes when 
well not sometimes but mostly all the time when I'm bored I like to cast a new movie of Street Fighter using wrestlers and I always had Frankie Gazzari in this era as Vega and in the steel cage it's just further he is Vega yeah. and he's got the vein so you just put a mask on him the low slung ponytail absolutely perfect that was a great casting thank you was Adam Pearce feature at all in your no. castings? no okay. he's not bison though <laughs> no <laughs> Cabana interferes when Kaz is trying to escape so then Pierce tries to escape after he hits him with the handcuffs but Kaz stops him and hits a flux capacitor to Pierce for a near fall and then applies a sleeper and the crowd shush as not to wake him Um, yeah I thought the crowd were very good on this show I thought the crowd were very good and to be fair to them I actually thought after the shenanigans kind of finished I actually quite liked what they were doing in this match mm-hmm. I really liked the near falls I think it really did add to the, to the drama of it all never thought I'd say that about these two but I actually really got into it oh yeah this is yeah. by far their best match yeah uh, for all we've said uh, justifiably we've said a lot about this feud but when it settled down and P- I'm sure Pierce was loving this when they settled down and they had an old school double blade grudge match choking each other and just throwing each other into the cage I thought it was great for what it was it's what I always wanted from the two of them mm. because they always said that these two hate each other they've been feuding for what seems like the whole year of PWG you know this is what we needed from them and it, it, it actually kind of is a shame that this would be the last match of the feud because they kind of had a few more bits of this throughout their other matches I think it wouldn't have been as awful um they had some nasty, unprotected chair shots as well. Yeah. Again, that's two months in a row that Kaz has taken a beating. Mm. They did mention the fireball. Remember the awful <laughs> oh, yeah. fireball? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he like threw a fireball at like Kazarian last month. It's like, yeah. I, I was a bit surprised they didn't try to do that again or something <laughs> similar to it. If they did, I think it actually would have ruined it. We brought out a, a branding iron, like Terry <laughs> Folk. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> they exchanged finishers up to the end. Uh, well, they exchanged pile drivers mm. more than finishers. Kaz hit Pierce, I think, with three of them at the end yeah. Uh, yeah. to pin him and become the new champion and vanquish his foe and send him packing. So Adam Pierce is now gone from PWG forever unless he is the third Rojos Locos <laughs> yeah. very tall one and then there's that awful you, I have your belt but you have my respect from Frankie and oh, no I hate it Adam Pierce got a standing ovation and then some people did the goodbye song I loved <laughs> and they got booed down yeah. and then Pierce chant started again it was good for Kaz's sake that eventually the respect Pierce crowd went around because yeah, he yeah. was then going to turn on him at fight. It would have been pretty like weird if they're singing the goodbye song and Kaz is further kicking the shit out of him <laughs> as he's leaving. Uh, but yeah, Kaz did uh, put in some nasty chair shots in return to, to Pierce when he was on the ground and got on a mic and cut an alright kind of frustrated heel promo, I thought. So when Pierce is walking out grabs a mic and it cut off for me yeah. anyone else just cut off that was for the audience in attendance oh hate never that. know yeah. he definitely says something like 
fuck you all I'm gone yeah. or something I was like going to say I was like put it to since we, since we will never know like what do you, do you think he says this isn't the last of me or thank you you've been great or what I think he he definitely did yeah he did the Adam Pierce thing which is I won't miss any of you and fuck you all and I don't want your respect that's yeah. exactly what he did yeah, <laughs> yes yeah. But did he actually yeah. do that okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, you pussy bitches I read it oh read it he did Haskins on it oh, okay fuck yeah. you pussy bitches when Kaz turns on Pierce uh, he gets fuck you Frankie chance and says I, cr- I wish I could do this to each and every one of you retarded pussies yeah Good line. Absolutely got them. Vanderpile comes out and Kaz punches him. Slim comes out then to reason with Kaz, um, but Kaz slaps his hand away and leaves. He his white gear looking rough. It looks like he shit himself because it's all the like blood and tanner and just mm. and it's like flimsy white gear. Yeah, he looks like he um, followed through. Pierce pile drives knocks on his way out I to a hate big it, chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it stuck with him and just yeah. you know he's done it before. I thought it was a, a cute little signature yeah. goodbye. I liked it for Pe- if it was anyone else, but Pierce it makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, as Sarah said, he gets on the mic and the show just cuts off. A season-ending cliffhanger. <laughs> I was, I kind of wanted a few promos. I was looking forward to the really yeah. weird promos. I wanted more sexual tension. Well, hopefully they're on the next show. I actually think that is the end of sexual tension, as that that, name. that group. What? Sorry. Why? But like now the aggression's coming out. They didn't do anything. I know, but it's BWG. <laughs> yeah, it's already BWG. Yeah, well, like that's. <laughs> okay, well, like, we'll wait. No, we'll wait till the next show. But yeah, they're done. I think so. I thought they are, were you, are you shocked at this lack of story? I thought, where was Valentina for the big farewell to Adam Pierce? I. That's a good question, Barry. Yeah. Where was? Where was she? Is a good question. Yeah. That's why he didn't win. I just had more faith in Disco. The seasoned, very seasoned pro. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I swear to God. So, what do we think of the show? Great show. Great wrestling. Yes. Best one, hands down. Yeah. Oh, by far. Yeah. Easy. Favourite so far. And even if we don't really like some of the storyline stuff that they're doing, at least they're doing it and it's going on from show to show. Mm. They're, they're building something, which is always nice. I, I don't think there's anything on the show I didn't like, storyline wise, even. Mm. I think everything's in a new direction, at least. The ballads. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really count that as a story. I assume well. that's not really going any. Oh, <laughs> We've got sexual tension around here to spoil their party, I guess. I thought Punk and Dragon is probably the best non-gimmick single match yeah. that we've seen. Really? I preferred AJ Rocky. Of the two of them? Yeah. Oh, I thought both were great, but yeah. I thought... I like Punk and Dragon. I liked the I liked the idea of doing the fake-out time I finished, but I still thought it went too long a little bit, whereas I thought everything else on the... Everything else on the show was really timed out really well. Sorry, <laughs> the way you said, I like. <laughs> I like. I like the. I like the. I like the. I nineteen minute matches. Anything more than that, and I get bored. Because <laughs> you were leading it. <laughs> Pass me me spinach, Olive. <laughs> You're a Popeye. Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, no, it was very nuanced, but I did get it. Oh. Ah, 
<laughs> oh, you salty bitch. <laughs> I liked Joey Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's... Robin. Scott oh, yes. lost. Yeah. Like it was a series of very strong matches, and this definitely the highest caliber card we've seen, and like one that you'd think would have been held in high regards as a show of the year for any indie mm. at that time. So, Scott and Joey are still tie champs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the whomst would they face? I suppose there's a, there's a couple of teams, but it doesn't feel like anyone's been really, really showcased. But I suppose it doesn't matter in PWG, I guess. Well, they're just going to throw random dojo yeah. boys yeah. together because could, dojo is the thing now. Yeah. They could do Daniels and Dragon. They won today. Yeah. On the show, on the show. 16 years ago. <laughs> but why, why would... Why would Scott team with Joey? Because they're champions. They have they, to. They, they and he just want to lose uh, the belt. They had their brotherly, uh, squ- uh, you know, squabble, and now they're. Yeah, I could see of- them doing a thing. Uh, this is what I hope they do. Uh, you obviously know what to do, but this is what I hope they do. Like, Scott is all about them teaming again. Now that he's won, he's happy with being friends with Joey again mm. in like a real smarmy way. Yeah. And then Joey starts to resent him, but we'll see. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> That you're very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Not a white for me. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm super dragon. <laughs> Oi, they. Oh, I'm yeah. schwitzing over here. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, no, I really got a schwitzing. So that about wraps us up for the month because we uh, forgot to put out a call for questions. So Do we have any questions for each other? Do you have a question for us, Emma? Uh, no. Sarah, do you have a question for any of us? Um, who had the best gear on this show? You're I... going to say Scott lost. <laughs> yeah. I always loved punks. Oh, shorts. go away. I'm also going to say Scott lost, to be fair. Excalibur. Okay. His felt bodysuit. Are you seriously sticking with the shorts? Um, okay, but for nostalgia's sake, I did like them. Um, I actually like Rocky Romero's two-toned black and blue sh- uh, tights as well. Mm. Okay. Okay. And just sweet camouflage. <laughs> oh, that's not. That's beyond gear. Any questions, Barry? Why do I sound like Popeye? Is not really a question? Because you, you said I don't. Because you said I like. No, I liked. If you recall, I actually <laughs> thought I did. Why are you still so upset about it? Oh my god! Is that your question that. to me or? Yeah. Uh, no reason. So no, we don't have any questions no. for each other or from anyone else. But thank you for that one question, Sarah. <laughs> so we will be back next month with the secret of the ooze. If you do want to send any questions without prompting, our email is gorillaisland at gmail.com and our Twitter handle is at gorillaisland. My Twitter handle is at zigontherocks. I'm at the Barry Led. At Sarah Flan. I'm at O underscore Emma G. And also follow the Gorilla Island for gifts and things from the episode. Do that. Thank you. We look forward to the numbers skyrocketing. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you on Twitter. Bye. Bye. Bye.